Hey everyone, this is Justin. If you're a fan of the show, you could really help us out by heading over to iTunes and giving us a rating and review. Thanks for listening. In this episode of This Is Happening America, the pros and cons of President Obama's fond farewell address versus President-elect Trump's version of a press conference. More local news happening somewhere and a pick from the basket of deplorables. I'm Mark Betancourt. I'm Justin Mara. Life moves pretty fast, and we're stopping to take a look at it in our dad's red Ferrari. Who's with us, America? America? Bueller? Bueller? All right, Justin, just play the, just play the theme song. Welcome to our sixth episode of This Is Happening in America. I'm Mark. I'm Justin. And it's a new year. We survived. And technically got through the uh, the 12 days of Christmas, didn't we, Justin? Yes, indeed. You, we did. did how did how did you celebrate all 12 days of Christmas? Um, we, uh, Elise and I watched uh, a different Christmas movie and ended with uh, It's a Wonderful Life on on January 6th. Oh, that's very nice. If only I could say it's a wonderful life. It's a pretty wonderful life. It is a pretty wonderful life. That's fantastic. Do you guys make any New Year's resolutions? We don't really do resolutions. No? No, we did like our action plan for 2017. I oh. guess that's a resolution. I guess that's a resolution. My thing with resolutions is why do people always wait till the new year to do to make resolutions? Why not just make a resolution tomorrow? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. It's easy. It, it, w- it would be easier. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of my thing. Why not just be holly and jolly all year? Well, I guess this isn't, this isn't always stuff to be holly and jolly about. No, I guess there's not always stuff to be holly and jolly about. And especially especially when things just keep happening. And things just keep happening all the time, all, all over America and happening to America happening to our, our, our elected officials, things just, things, things just keep happening, which, I, which I think allows us to have a podcast. I think I see where this is going, Mark. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this was a big, this was a big week because not only did we hear from our, uh, our, our acting president who is leaving office, yes. we, we, we heard from our president elect who will be in office, both very, very opposite spectrums of candor and understanding what it's like to be in front of a microphone uh it's like you know it's uh it reminds me of that uh, old cnn talk show crossfire yeah a little a little a little left a little right yeah i mean it's almost it's almost like you're you're you it's almost like when you're standing there and you know that like cartoon where like that that the angel and the devil come up you know what i'm talking about i do the angel it's like the voice the, it's like the conscience in your voice Right. In the, in your inner voice. Right. And you've got, and you've got the angel saying, yes, we can hope love. And then you've got the devil on your side saying inevitably in the, uh, in the cartoon, the devil shoulder kills the angel shoulder. And then there's just a, a devil on both shoulders. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. So that's kind of, that's kind of what we have, what we have right now. Um, but anyways, you know, uh, President Obama gave his farewell address a couple of days ago. Um, it was long. It was one of the the longest farewell addresses. I laughed. Ever. I cried. I laughed some more. He cried. His daughter cried. America it, cried. I'm pretty sure Uncle Joe cried. Oh, Diamond Joe. Yeah, yeah. I miss you, Diamond Joe. I'm gonna miss him too. He got a he got he got a medal. He did. It's a big medal. It's a big honking medal. That is. I mean, he, he that, that thing's cut that thing. If that thing covered the heart, it could, he, he could take a bullet. I felt like he needed an aid to help him stand up under the weight of that metal. Joe Biden is now bulletproof. He is. He was, bullet he was super, bulletproof. Before. He was bulletproof to, to begin with. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so, you know, Obama had a lot of things to say in his farewell address, even, uh, you know, used some words of wisdom from uh, from our first ever president, uh, George Washington. Uh, every every American president actually. um actually does that it's the tradition to like read his farewell address and and to take those words from his farewell address and 
we didn't listen to it in in 1797 uh, and uh, six 1796 we didn't listen to it then and uh, we don't we don't listen to it well now. and in 17 in 1796 George Bo- President Washington didn't actually give an address he wrote it and published right. it right right and uh, because obviously if he just read it to a group of people yeah nobody would have heard no, it. it wouldn't have gotten yeah. out very far in 1796 yep. um, but you know President Washington of course because presidents, you know, continue to reference it because it is an incredible power. Such it, wonderful it, advice. Yeah. That we've I just mean, been, it, it, it know, is an to it like glue. Yeah. It is an incredibly powerful piece of a uh, piece of doctrine that uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to read it, uh, it's okay. Apparently no one in our government has either. No, apparently not. No, uh, mo- most, most civilians haven't either. Donald Trump probably hasn't either. Avoid, avoid partisanship, avoid political parties. Avoid long-standing alliances with foreign powers. Yep. You know. Yeah. Just you know it, the the little things. What do you think the highs and lows of the uh, the farewell address were, Mark? Well, I mean, listen. Uh, you know, if there's one thing you can say for President Obama, it's that he's always been able to galvanize a crowd. The man can give a speech. The man can give a speech, and uh, he, you know, once again in his in his farewell address spoke about hope and continuing to work hard toward change, even though sometimes when you take two steps forward, you end up taking a step back. The audacity of that man. Seriously. Unbelievable. Um, I did, you know, I mean, he really did, um, in in lieu of uh, George Washington's address, really talked about the, the, the relinquishing of power, which um, is truly an amazing thing for in our country that, uh, you know, can't be said for around for around the world. It's what it, that is what no, ma- no. Th- not at all. That is what makes our country great, uh, that somebody can be the president and be commander in chief for eight years. Mission accomplished, Mr. Trump. You can go home. Yes. <laughs> um, I also liked that, uh, y- you know, how he kind of aspired to um, the younger generation, us millennials. And I thought we, we've we've discussed this, Mark. Yeah. I'm an Oregonian. What? What's that? I'm an Oregonian. I'm not a millennial. No, oh, that's we've right. Discussed this yeah, morning. yeah, yeah. You're a couple of years older than me. Good, good for you. <laughs> we've 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 also discussed this. I w- I wish I was an Oregonian. Then we I, can't all be perfect. No, not 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 all of us can die of dysentery. Um, <laughs> but I did like that he talked to the younger generation because I feel like the people who have really taken this, uh, uh, you know, take taken this election uh, harder than any than any one group is uh is the millennial generation the younger generation yeah definitely I, I don't i don't know i don't know if they've crawled out of their safe places yet um you know i i, I don't know if they've quite gotten over it yet um but uh, you, you know it, it it is a thing but i like that he spoke to them and encouraged the and encouraged younger generations of our country to continue to be politically active and understand that you might not always get your way which is an important lesson for for young people to learn yeah. You know, and usually and 69 I mean, year olds. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody really. Sure. I mean, it's a lesson you, that you sh- it's 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 kind of a lesson that you should learn when you're like five or six. Yeah. You can't always get your way. Yeah. Like sometimes somebody might be speaking and you don't want them to speak. But, you know, that's but, their right to speak. Yeah. And they have to. You just can't have your way. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to like what they have to say. No. But um, but yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he had a lot of he had a lot of good things to say and definitely left an encouraging um, definitely left a lot of a, a lot of encouragement out there. Left it all in the field. A lot of hope out there, and um, you know, also went through his um, his uh, amazing list of accomplishments as a president. Unbelievable! It made him sound like the greatest president of all time. And and by those standards and, and list that he read, he is. Yeah. But you know, I mean, he didn't talk about all <laughs> he didn't talk about all the stuff that he didn't do. What? Yeah. You mean you mean he didn't talk about his failures single-handedly like stop Lex Luthor and thwart the Joker and save the world and kill the shark and No. What? No. He didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. No. You know. I mean, you know, he didn't talk he didn't talk about how how down the toilet race relations have gotten have gotten in this country. Immigration. Yeah. Partisanship. Yeah. As as a as a as a as a citizen and uh, former uh, you know former elected official in, in in Illinois, he he neglected to talk about Chicago. 
we don't we don't talk about Chicago. We don't want to talk about Chicago. Nobody can nobody can talk about Chicago. The police don't even want to talk about Chicago. No, no, they don't. No. Where's Michael Jordan when you need him? (laughs) Uh, What else did he talk about? He he didn't talk about many of his failed foreign policies. Well, you know that's that's kind of the point of a farewell address, though. It's to you 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 do the job while you're there, and then in the fourth quarter you try and you try and frame the debate for for the legacy. Right? It's the uh, it's the Jacqueline Kennedy uh, Camelot yeah. kind of, you know, Jack Kennedy didn't get, didn't get to give his farewell address. And, you know, she kind of created the Camelot myth to, to frame that and shape it. It's, you know, right. It's the, uh, it's the, I guess it's the same kind of mentality of, uh, the last song that you hear on the radio gets stuck in your head. Sure. And, and you know what? It was, it was a well-constructed speech. It was, a it was a thoughtful argument and, uh, and you know, hopefully, hopefully history remembers him kindly. Uh, he's, he certainly didn't do any worse of a job than the guy before him. No, no, he didn't. So, um, and, you, and you know, at the, at the, at the end of the day, you know, he was, uh, he and his family were mod, a, a model of how to conduct yourselves in the white house. And, you know, let, let's not be, let's not be beat around the bush about that either. It's not the easiest thing to be the commander in chief, to be the to be the guy. They're they're probably going to be the benchmark for first family for a long time to come. I mean, everything you do, everything you say, every word choice, every tie choice, every every decision you you make, every non-decision you make. There were some questionable red ties from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of a first family and projecting that image, I don't think there has there has never been a uh, family dynamic in the White House like the Obamas um, and the Bidens. Like no. they they you, tr- traditionally a president is saddled with their vice president. They need them to shore up the South or the North, or they're a little too far left, so they see need someone that's a little bit more to the right or a little bit more towards the middle yeah towards it's center in the base it's a, it's a it's a complete it's a completely political political maneuver to you to unite the to unite the different to unite yeah the different groups. and uh I'm, this is from, i didn't feel like that that was the case with Ob- obama and biden they were pretty united they're good from the yeah they're a good team yeah um and you know, it's often said of, of Dick Cheney that he, you know, he enhanced the vice presidency. He was the most vi- powerful vice president we've ever had. Joe Biden's pretty, pretty powerful. He had some serious sway within the Obama White House when something needed to get done, when something needed supervision. He was there overseeing yeah, it. Absolutely. But the, the one thing I will say about Obama's farewell address to me and, and you know, you 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 kind of touched on it. Justin was that it was it was a he made a good argument, you know. To me, a farewell address shouldn't have to be an argument. And I mean, I don't know. And I mean, I don't know technically. I mean, I guess a farewell address can be anything. But to me, as I was as I was listening to the speech and I was listening to the rhetoric while it was crafted better. I kind of felt like I was listening to a Hillary Clinton campaign speech. Well, it almost has to be right, because at the same time, um, Donald Trump was also giving his first press conference of the last 150 or so days. Yeah. Since, since he was named the Republican nominee. Right. Or, no, sorry, not the Republican nominee since he was became the president elect. Yeah. But and, you know, and at, after the press conference, I kind of sat there and said, oh, well, that's why he hasn't had a press conference in 150 days. Because <laughs> the man doesn't know how to do a press conference. I, you know, I think in anticipating that this was coming, everything that President Obama does, from, you know, at this point until noon on January 20th has to be a campaign slogan or a or a pitch or an argument or, or framing of something, you know, to to leave that last song playing on the radio. So it gets stuck in your head. Yeah. Be- because not, you know, not only is the song changing, but the, the station's going off the air and you're, you're, it, uh, but it's, it's interesting when it's interesting. You say that, that you almost have to let it linger because I think what that shows in his farewell address, the undertones, what he didn't say reading between the lines was, was, Heard this loud is a, and clear. This is a pre, this is a president who does not like the incoming guy who's going to replace him. Oh no! Doesn't believe in it. 
doesn't believe in what the Republicans are doing, thinks his way was right. And the fact that he is staying in Washington and said that he he would be publicly be vocal as a citizen. It's like, no, you're not going to be publicly vocal as a citizen. You're going to be publicly vocal as a former president. Yes, (laughs) that carries a little bit more weight. And I think, you know, in uh, because he's still going to get daily briefings from intelligence. He's and you know, and you know, people in the press are going to want to get President Obama's reaction to everything that President Trump does. Can we get a quote, Mr. President? Yeah. And it sounds like he's willing to do it. And that certainly is. You know what what it's going to be like? It's like when Ratzinger stepped down. I'm sorry. Pope Benedict stepped down and and Pope France. There's two popes. Yeah. It's like when, you know, your your holiness, the Pope, like two people lift their heads right now. Yeah. So it's it. It's it. So <laughs> that's kind of to me the pros and cons of President Obama's farewell address. He had a lot of things to say. He had a lot of great things to say. But as far as the relinquishing of power goes, doesn't feel too much like he's relinquishing all that much power. Should uh, should we transition to uh, President elect Trump's? First uh, press conference. Press conference. <sighs> First press conference in 150 days. Yes. So, my understanding, uh, the the point of the press conference was supposed to reassure Americans that he was divesting himself from his company, from his company and his corporate interests. Um, for those of you who didn't see the press conference, there was a stack of like legal pad. Uh, envelopes, manila envelopes, file folders on a table. He had a lot of evidence. A lot of evidence that surprisingly he did not share with the press. So we don't know what was in the envelopes, but no. a stack of of folders on a table that represented all of the numerous companies that he was supposedly divesting himself of by signing them over to his two sons. Right. That was the point of the press conference. Correct. That was uh, preempted by BuzzFeed. <laughs> the night before releasing uh, a rather salacious uh, intelligence report. I think ab- that's, about a, that, that's an appropriate Trump. word choice. Salacious. It is. Yeah. And, and that's what the American media is focusing on from this press conference. You know, the American media is kind of caught up in the in the juicy details of what may or may not be true. It's an unconfirmed report. Right. It doesn't there. There aren't two. There aren't two sources on this. No, and it um, cer- and it certainly doesn't help the uh, it doesn't help the mainstream voice from uh, the American people right now claiming just having such insecurities about news and media and what's being released right. in fake news. This is not helping. This is not helping. It's not helping and at we all. We don't we don't know whether it's a fake report, but it's it's not confirmed. So you know the mainstream affiliates, the FBI, Congress, they've had this report. Um, since uh, probably around November. Yeah. Right after the election, basically. Exactly. Um, and it went unreported. Yeah. So this, this was not a new information that was being shared. People had this report and it was unconfirmed. So it was unreported. And what one would think with the implications of this story being that our president elect and his staff basically committed treason. Yeah. So in no in no uncertain terms, you would think that if it was a credible story, that it would be the duty of the press to run it once they had it confirmed back in November, like before we had our election. Right. And and the 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 kind of smoking the smoking gun in this whole thing is that um, Carter Page, who's the uh, on the short list. Uh, foreign policy advisors for the Trump administration, Trump transition team, um, has been very cozy uh, with and has a lot of uh, dealings in Moscow. Right. Um, And it's kind of painted him as like the guy on the inside and possibly a a number of representatives, again, unconfirmed uh, members of the Trump transition team having contact with or being in Russia at sensitive times uh, and during the campaign, and it, it kind of it tries to make the parallel between the DNC email hacks, the RNC hacks, um, the State Department hacks, um, the election hacks, that this was somehow all orchestrated. If yep. it's true, big if, if it's true, this is treason, like plain, yes. and, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you, it doesn't get it's it's pretty simple, but unconfirmed. Um, but what what media is, fo- you know, that's that's the thing. So the, the FBI is definitely going to investigate if they haven't already been investigating. Um, it'll probably be a long ongoing investigation and we probably won't hear about it for some months to come, but right. rest assured, I mean, the, the FBI investigates all of these things and has had these documents. It probably already is investigating. Um, we're going to find out it's right. going to be made public. Right. Um, the interesting thing that, that people are focusing on though, and even in the American media is, is kind of the just tabloid headline nonsense. If it's true, all right, like Trump's even weirder than we thought he was. Yeah. I don't know. It's not even day one. The guy's got the guy's got a seventy percent disapproval rating. Well, and the, the and fact- uh, he's managed to roll all of the scandals of the Nixon and Clinton administrations into one. And he's pretty much managed to backpedal on just about every single one of his campaign platforms, like that wall. We keep hearing about that wall and he still thinks he's going to get Mexico to pay for the wall somehow. But now he's saying that we might have to front the bill first, which was never part of the deal at all. Whatever happened to breaking down that 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 trillion dollar deficit, whatever, whatever happened to not spending, spending more money and undoing the and draining the swamp and undoing all the all the horrible things that President Obama did. Granted, President Obama raised our national deficit up to up from what was it? I think it was like seven to eight trillion dollars. Now it's Something up to like 20, that. you know, forgive me for the rough numbers. He, he doubled our national debt. He doubled our national debt. Essentially. He didn't say that in his farewell address either, but, uh, he, right. But anyways, yeah. So there's that campaign promise that's broken. FYI, um, Mexico has continually said no, that they're they're not going to pay for the wall, right? Because it, it's kind of like it's kind of like how this works, right? Here here's what Trump's trying to do, Justin. Yes, Mark. I want to build a wall. I I want to build a wall around your house so that I don't have to see you, and I want you to pay for it. Okay. No. No, but I I mean I I just I want I want to build a wall so that I don't have to so that I don't have to see you and that you know we don't have to interact so much and you you can't make it we we I can't make it as easy to go onto my property from yours. Oh, I I got you. Right? I got so, you now. So I, I got want, you. Right. Yeah, so got you. I want I want uh, to build a wall. No. No. And I want you to pay for it. No. Why not? No. You're a jerk. Oh, okay. That's why. Right. So that's how that argument's going to keep going between Trump and Mexico. Well, on the other side of this, too, um, there's already a wall on the border. Um, and interestingly enough, there are a, a number of, of Americans, American towns, American cities, American properties on the wrong side of it. Well, no, well but I mean, Justin, we, we, we can't talk about that. Uh, why? Because that's not that that that's not part of the agenda. That's fake. That's fake news, Justin. No, it's not fe- fake news. No, that's it's, it's no, real. No, that's fake. That's fake news. Nope, no, that's totally Browns- that's totally inaccurate. I don't know where you're getting your information from. No, Brownsville, nope, Texas. That's fake news. It's not fake news. It's real. No, you're totally. No, you're totally. That's not. That's not no, right. No, it's that's a real not place. Accurate. Brownsville, that, that, Texas. That's not accurate. You're a fake news media outlet. Get your, your next question. Well, we'll we'll link you to uh, Brownsville, Texas, and uh, their plight. Right. Uh, along with some other yeah. uh, border towns that find themselves outside of the United States and having to uh, drive through the American border daily to go to work. Yes. And of course, as you can t- tell, that's my that's my that's my impression of of President elect Trump dealing with um, CNN news anchors who weren't allowed to ask the president a question about U.S. intelligence <sighs> because. Man. President Trump doesn't want to talk to CNN because CNN writes stories that President Trump, President elect Trump doesn't like. I am, I'm shocked. And I I didn't think anything would shock me at this point, but I watched that and we can't see the press corps, but I imagine it wasn't just CNN and Fox news. 
I imagine ABC was there. I imagine, imagine NBC, NBC and MSNBC. I imagine Reuters and the BBC. Yeah. I imagine BuzzFeed was yeah. probably there. I think, uh, I'm, yeah. Blaze was probably there. You know, everybody the Gar- has. The Guardian, the Vice, Guardian. Bazaar, v- Variety. variety. Where, where was the rest of the press? You know, and certainly, obviously, obviously, it's a competitive game. They're rivals. Everybody's trying to one up and scoop each other. But they this also there's also strength in numbers. And at the end of the day, they are all reporters trying to get the scoop. And when an elected official denies access or denies the the legitimacy of let alone the question, but the person who's asking it. Certainly, CNN has fumbled in recent years trying to find its identity in in the digital age yeah, in, and in the age of new media. And let's be honest, they don't skew Republican. No, no, they, they do. They, they try do and not walk skew down the middle, and they, they, they and you know, sometimes CNN, it's, sometimes it's they do, sometimes they don't. But I would ar- I would also argue that every media news outlet sure fumbles once in a while. Where where was where was ABC picking up that question? Where was where was the Guardian? Where was the BBC picking up that question? And, you know, don't that was a huge failure of traditional media in that moment to pick up that question and continue to ask it and and push the guy to answer the question. Some kind of it, even if it was a bad answer, even if it was, I'm not going to answer that question. Pick up the question and, and run with it. Right. Well, it's not only not only that, it's it's the failure to understand that this it's like it's almost like everybody's looking at CNN. Whoa, CNN's really getting it. It's like, no, your entire your credibility, your your entire credibility, your argument for why we need free press, free press has just took it on the chin down and you're not defending it. Right. You're saying, oh, better him, better him than me. I, I think I think that's. You know, when we look back on this this era of of uh, the American democracy, I I feel like textbooks probably won't exist, but whatever we replace them with, I f- I feel like that's going to be a clickable link in it. Yeah, because it's a it's a moment when the press divided itself and drew a line in the sand and let themselves get walked over. It, it failed in that moment, actually. You know, there's been a lot failed. of impassioned arguments as to why we need the free press yes. as of late. And right um, now, the press is not doing a good job no. of holding up their end of the argument. It doesn't between the between the slant that they're writing, they're that they're presenting their cases with the division. Not just between the division between the press is a very real reflection of the division in our country, right? You know, and that that's that that that's becoming it's it's really contributed to the deterioration. Yep. Of, 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 of our relations. And you want to participate on the podcast, you can contact us. Uh, you can contact us on our Facebook page at This Is Happening America, or you can tweet us at TIH underscore America. Because. Not for, for, but forget that other guy that has TIH, TIH, you know, dash America, because he hasn't tweeted anything since 2014. Is he dash? He's just TIH America. No, he's TIH dash. dash America. Well, who has TIH America? Somebody else. That guy should give us that one too. Yeah, just, just give us just give us your t- Twitter handles. Just give them to us, both of you. If I didn't already have an arch nemesis, that guy would be our would, would be, be he'd be my arch nemesis too. I bet it's Tori's fault. I bet it is. I bet it's because nobody because nobody knows what the heck the underscore is. I know. You know, <sighs> it's the thing that you can't see because it's an underscore. Exactly. Jerks. Anyway. Anyway, we're moving on to local news. News that is local somewhere. If it's happening somewhere, it must be local. All right, Justin, what do you got for us? Okay, Mark, did you ever read that book about a family of bears? Yeah, the Berenstein Bears. Right? I love that book. Right. Okay. Now, I'm sorry. You said the Berenstein the Berenstein Bears, right? Steen, yeah. I said that's right. That is what you said. Yeah. Okay. Now, I remember them as the Berenstein Bears. Yeah. You apparently remember them as the Berenstein Bears. Yeah. But if I were to show you a Googled picture, what does the title of this book say, Mark Betancourt? Oh, that says the Berenstein Bears. Right. Huh. 
Now, if you listen to one group of people, you and I have both stepped into a parallel universe from Earth E, which we are from. Right. In which we grew up reading books about the Berenstein Bears. Right. Totally plausible, right? Yeah, yeah. And we have stepped into Earth A, in which on this in this reality they were the Berenstain Bears. Well, I like Ber- I like Bernstein a lot a lot better. So do I. It's what I grew up with. Yeah. Now, this uh, this is known in the uh, in the world as the Mandela effect, not Mandala effect, Mandela effect, and this refers to a group of people who remember Nelson Mandela, president of South Africa, dying in prison. Okay. They have this memory. They saw the news reports. They they swear up and down that Nelson Mandela died in prison. Right? But he didn't. He didn't. Right. He became president of South Africa. Right. So they, too, must have stepped through an alternate universe into which Nelson Mandela had died in theirs. So are you saying so does that mean that we're stepping into an alternate universe with President-elect Trump? Um... Maybe, Mark. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and this, so this uh, is a story that's uh, circulating around the internet uh, in which a group of Redditors believe that an international conspiracy has been committed against them to remove a movie that they have all seen but cannot find any evidence of. So, Mark, do you remember a movie starring the comedian Sinbad in which he plays a genie called Shazam? Uh, yeah, you do. I do. That's interesting because that movie doesn't exist, Mark. Really? Really. Now, I too seem to have this memory of the comic Sinbad, like wearing a gold outfit and like a gold fez. And he runs around and helps this kid. Yeah. And I feel like it came out at the same time as a movie starring Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal called Kazam. Kazam. Yes. Yes. Kazam would be a real movie. You can IMDb it. You can watch it on YouTube free of charge. Or if you want to pay for it, you can get it from iTunes. But the Sinbad movie Shazam did not exist. It was never a concept. It was never a script. It was not produced. There's no IMDb page. Yet we both seem to remember it. I have a vision in my head of Sinbad dressed as a genie. Right. It's not real. Sinbad was in a movie called First Kid in which he played a Secret Service agent who helped a kid. That was a real movie. He did not play a genie, however. That's ridiculous. And Shazam is a DC Comics superhero in which a small child says Shazam. He's he's imbued with the wisdom of Solomon, the speed of Hermes, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And he becomes Captain Marvel. And he kicks Superman's behind. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We all remember that. But the movie starring Sinbad does not exist. Now, it's not in his There is a whole Redditor group that believes in the early 90s, around 1994, this movie was made and existed and that people have gone through and like bought every copy of the tape and erased it from existence. Um, and there are hundreds of Redditors have, who have used the site to discuss their memories of Shazam, a fake movie that doesn't exist, and, and they've scoured the internet to find evidence of it, and they can't. And Sinbad himself, the comic, has gotten in on this. And here's a tweet from him, at Sinbad. Have you noticed no one my age has seen this so-called Sinbad genie movie? Only you people who were kids in the 90s. The young mind. Uh, another one. I must have played a genie. Everyone says I did. Smile. <laughs> uh, but things took a dramatic turn uh, this year. Uh, Vice published a story about it. The conspiracy surrounding this, the, this Berenstein Bears. What we're finding out is that group memory is flawed uh, and that memory in mass can actually change and condition your own memories. Uh, and the human brain isn't as reliable as we think it is. Well, I've known the human brain isn't reliable, is, isn't as reliable as we think it is for a long time. For there to be people to take action, to actually go through the trouble of erasing a movie out of existence, only a couple of things could happen. It, it could be true. Either one, the movie was really that bad. Two, somebody has a personal vendetta against Sinbad. Three, there are people out there 
who care enough about Sinbad who have a personal <laughs> vendetta against Sinbad. Sure. And I guess it's plausible, too, because there are instances of of movies coming out around the same time that get forgotten. Like uh, there was a bug's life and ants came out at the same time. One was uh, Disney. One was dreamworks. Dreamworks. Right. Um, Buffy, the vampire slayer had a 1991 movie. movie that's and all then there forgotten. was And then there, with Christy Swanson, and right. then there was a TV show with, with Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller, which is a cult that there would be a movie called Shazam with the comic Sinbad. That was so horrifically bad and failed that they immediately did an update with Shaquille O'Neal as a genie named Kazam, except that there's no reality in the world in which Shaquille O'Neal is a better actor than Sinbad. No, that just can't be true. What do you, what do you got, Mark? All right. So, uh, so Justin, yes, Mark. Um, do you ever, um, when you're going to the bathroom, do you ever look in the toilet before you sit down uh sure sure okay what what are five things you don't want to see in the toilet before you're about to sit down to relieve yourself (laughs) um anything with teeth okay that's good Yep. yep um any remnant of the person who used it before me how about how about a snake Oh, I would definitely not want to see a snake. Snakes have teeth that falls under my thing with you. Oh, would you, would no! you want to see that snake? No. Okay. No. So I just, I just showed, I just showed Justin a picture oh. of a snake. Um, so this happened in Arlington County, Virginia, uh, about a week ago. Uh, somebody made the surprise in that made the made the saw in their apartment a a snake. Did it in the toilet? Did it? crawl did it crawl up the 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 drain yes yes it did came up the plumbing a uh then they called the animal welfare league of uh of of arlington to uh to go get the snake and while they were expecting a smaller wild snake like maybe just like a gardener snake or just some little guy they removed a juvenile yellow anaconda oh no what an what's an anaconda doing in virginia i don't know it's waiting to fight megalodon perhaps uh, so basically that the animal league, it's like, Hey, listen, you know, if you have a snake as a pet, they're assumed they're, they're thinking that the snake was somebody's pet and that, and that the snake got out and, um, and, you know, somehow, some way got into the drainage system and went, went up the tank. So there's something, there's, there's something to, uh, to give your nightmares, uh, some new, some new material for you. Um, Fun fact, um, yellow anacondas can grow up to 13 feet long. It's bigger than some of your bedrooms. Just keep flushing. Um, they aren't venomous, but um, they can be dangerous when they when they reach um, full size. They can also, like, swallow you whole. Well, yeah, they can. Well, first, they'll wrap around you and, right. and choke you to death, choke you and suffocate you. Pythons do that as well. Right. And then when they when they've sucked all the life out of you, then they unhinge their jaw and start to slowly eat you. Right. And when you're in the belly they're, um they the, digest, you. they digest you. That's a bad way to go. Oh my God. So anyways, yeah. I want so, to edit that out of my brain. That yeah. So just an FYI to anybody who might not be paying attention when they go to the bathroom. Uh, please do so because you never know when somebody who has a pet snake is going to let them run free and crawl up into the drainage system. Justin. Yes, Mark. How are we following that, buddy? All right, Mark. If I were to ask you what the most health conscious food chain in America is, what would you say? Um... Healthy food chain. Yeah. I mean, if you take out the bur- burrito part and the and the the frequent callbacks, I mean, Chipotle is pretty healthy. Okay, fair enough. You would go with Chipotle. Off the top of my head. What if I told you that Taco Bell is now one of America's healthiest fast food chains? Um, dude, re- that nacho cheese, really? Would, would you say that we've real. stepped into an alternate dimension? Dude, <laughs> Berenstain Bears, no Shazam, Trump. Now you're telling me Taco Bell is healthy food? 
nacho average health food. What is, what is, well, okay. Is this coming for, this isn't, this, this isn't another trick from your arch nemesis, is it? This, sadly, no. Okay. Maybe. I bet she, you, you think she uh, eats a lot of Taco Bell? Probably not. I don't think she eats much at all. Well, some people don't have to. Yeah. God bless you. All right. So Taco Taco Bell is now one of America's healthiest so fast while, food chains. While no one was looking, Taco Bell has been building its menu to offer healthier options. And there's now a low cal- calorie fresco menu, a high protein <coughs> cantina menu, and a vegetarian menu certified by the American Vegetarian Association. Wow. Yeah. Good for I, I order none of those when I go to Taco Bell. I. Uh, I haven't been to Taco Bell in, in probably close to 15 years. Oh, I had Taco Bell last night. <laughs> Did you eat off of the vegetarian or cantina menu? No. Did you no. get a gordita? Uh, no, I had a uh, I had a Crunchwrap Supreme and a uh, a beefy five layer burrito, <laughs> and uh, they were delicious. <laughs> and it only cost me four bucks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Not- I don't, I don't understand uh, any of what you just said, but it sounds horrific. Um, Except for the four dollar part, well, which leads me to believe what you ate was actually horrific. So, vegetarians of of the world, uh, if you are looking for a tasty treat, look no further than south of the border. Wow. Well done, my friend. Well done. All right. Well, what's next, Mark? On a serious note, folks, um, for, you know, gambling is uh, can be a serious addiction and uh, and it can it can tear families apart. It can really leave you leave you down on your luck. And it's it's just it's it's a vice like anything else. And it can it can be a very, very unhealthy vice. Um, Even lottery tickets can be can be a bad thing. As is uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where a woman uh, has repeatedly aired her frustration um, at her lottery ticket strife um, by making obscene and violent threats against the Pennsylvania Lottery Commission. Uh, And she faces 53 charges as a result, thanks to police. Her complaint, her main complaints are basically that um, she she's failed. She hasn't won a jackpot. I'm sorry. Right. So this woman is complaining that she plays the lottery too much and she's never won a jackpot and she's been leaving threatening, uh, threatening, terrible messages at the uh, at the Pennsylvania Lottery Commission. I see. So she's suffering, suffering some from some kind of delusion. Yeah. So basically she's she it's in her mind. It's it's not my problem. It's not that I'm spending too much money on lottery tickets. It's not that I have a gambling problem. It's not that I I'm running out of money. It's that it's, it's the, it's the lottery's fault, which I think is a brilliant move. If this, <coughs> if this works, I'll be, uh, I'll be using it post haste. Yeah. I mean, she's ba- so the callers are, they're basically the, the, the police are saying that she's basically completely obsessed with the lottery. And the fact that she doesn't win upsets her very much. Understandably. Yeah. Because I mean, we all want to feel like a winner. But, you know, even if we're a loser. Yeah, absolutely. But if we can't give if we can't give you a participation trophy to make you feel better, maybe you should just stop scratching lottery tickets. Maybe the lottery ticket is her arch, arch nemesis. It, 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 it apparently it is because in late October, the woman said someone would die at the retail store where she buys tickets. Oh, she's also told lottery employees and that she's searched, searched for them online, knew where they lived and had hired someone to hurt their family members. That's, that's a little much. Yes. So the woman, uh, has defended her right to make the calls on free speech grounds. Um, she basically taunts these people one at a time, uh, she switches her phone, so you'll never figure out where she is. Basically, the police have co- finally caught her and are filing 25 counts of, of harassment, each of harassment and stalking, as well as three counts of mi- three counts of making terrorist threats, totaling 53 counts. Well, that's unfortunate because clearly she just wants a friend. Clearly, but and or a large lot- lottery payout. Yeah. Well, the good news is if she gets the chance, now she has a new lucky number to try. Oh. 
And that brings us to this week's pick from the basket of deplorables. Mark, who's in this week's basket of deplorables? Justin, this week's basket of deplorables are snowflakes. Okay. Yeah, I said it. Snowflakes. I hate snowflakes. And I know that's going to sound harsh, right? They're so pretty as they float effortlessly from the sky, all with their diverse, delicate features. It's great until they dump all over you. Millions of snowflakes ushering in a season of change as temperatures cool. They pile up like a plague described in ancient texts, getting in the way of your daily routine. Now I have to wake up extra early, brave their elements and shovel and shovel until you can finally get out of your driveway. The landlord thought should be 100 feet long. It's a nuisance, Justin. It's a nuisance. Mark, are, are you talking about snow? Well, 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 yeah, well. I'm talking about snow and liberals, okay? I'm oh, talking, okay. I'm, I'm talking about both, okay? Look, I lived in California for eight years, and since I moved back, I really haven't gotten over snow yet, okay? Fair enough. All right, but listen, moving to California was the best thing I ever did because I got to meet these so-called liberal snowflakes, some of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life, okay? A lot of them are friends of mine, and it's complicated, especially in this election cycle, because I know their position. I agree with their position, but I also believe in being fair, even if I don't agree with someone's position or the outcome, okay? I'm disappointed, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, but I'm not crawling into my safe space breaking out my adult coloring books either, okay? I hear the conservative side. I need to hear the conservative side so that I can learn and understand where the divide is. I disagree, but I listen, and here's why. Remember way back when a few months ago when we, we were all appalled that Donald Trump suggested he might not accept the results of the election? I, I think we're all still living in that place, Mark. OK, well, have have liberals yet? Uh, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm no, they haven't. Just look, look at look at social media. No, they haven't. OK, I'm sorry, but I call that hypocrisy. I call it as I see it. And so have conservatives. That's why they're not listening to our side or our concerns and referring to us and referring to us as a nuisance. They have to shovel out of the way to get to work. And look, I get it. It's easy for me to say, because besides my morals and beliefs or, or Justin's, I fit the mold for Trump's America. OK, I get it. I'm a white guy, white privilege, something I didn't think I would ever have to hear, but I get it. OK, and for those that aren't, you know, I, I, I hear how scared you are and I want to understand. I also am willing to acknowledge I never will. It doesn't keep me from the debate table. OK, if you really want change, keeping relations open with the other side is how you prevent a Cold War. Instead, personally, I think we've been inviting the Trump's vote middle finger and strengthening the divide, you know. And before you emphatically call me a jerk, because I know this is a touchy subject for a lot. Let me ask you this hypothetical. If Hillary won and the conservatives couldn't take it and they were still carrying on and on in the same way that we have, what would you call them? Would it be derogatory? Would it invite discussion? Or would it be another mudslinging act? And would we understand as to why or how we are where we are? Look, for now, Trump's going to be our president. Nothing's going to change that in the very near future. I don't think he's going to be great for America at all. And the portrayal of liberals in the media since the election has been incendiary at best. But we're also giving up the ammo. When they go low, we go high, right? Well, if you truly believe that, then do it. Engage debate. Not just in social media virtual, not just in a name-calling shouting match, but in reasoned debate. It sure would be a far cry from what our elected or would-be elected officials have shown us in this past election cycle. And if we believe we're right about Trump, he'll take care of his downfall for us. All right. Um, last last uh, episode, we balanced out the basket of deplorables with the Tulsi Gabbard Star Spangled Awesome Award, and we have our second installment. Uh, this week's award goes to the staff, volunteers, DJs, and listeners of Dartmouth's very own WUMD, which is in the fight of its life. Mark, have you are you familiar with WUMD? I am not. It's Why a great don't you station. go on? Uh, WUMD is celebrating its 45th anniversary. Uh, it is a, attached to Dartmouth College. It is their uh, broadcast antenna, and it provides local, truly local programming, original shows. It gives voice to true independent artists, and it gives experiences to students who want to get involved, get radio experience. Uh, it brings in uh, DJs from all over the community, performers, artists, passionate people about topics, and it gives them a forum to air their opinions, their ideas, their music, their loves on air. 
Well, that sounds like a really worthwhile. It really station is. To listen it to. really is, and there are so few truly independent radio stations transmitting. Um, recently, uh, RIPR, Rhode Island's very own public radio station, eighty-eight point one. Um, has negotiated a deal with Dartmouth College to buy the station and move the transmitter uh, to their offices uh, in, in an attempt to br- uh, boost their signal and increase their reach into uh, East Bay, into Teverton, into Southern Mass. And uh, the the staff and the listeners, the community there around WEMD is is fighting valiantly. They've put together a campaign to uh, to save the station, and they just want to keep true local radio on the air. Uh, it's a cause I'm very very passionate about. Um, oh, uh, I lived uh, in Worcester for a number of years. We had ninety one point three. Uh, which is still a local station, but it's it's a little less less local than it used to be. Yep. Um, and so you know, keep keep independent radio out there. Absolutely. RIPR, the arch nemesis of WUMD. All right, Mark. Uh, is there anything you want to plug this week? Uh, I would, I would plug my page, but I keep every time I do, I end up not getting to actually finish all of the written material I have. So well, it's been a busy start to the year, Mark. It has been a busy start to the year, but uh, yeah, check out. Uh, but you can check out some of my previous work that I've written. Wrote in 2016 at mark-bettencourt.net at the court of MVB. So uh, feel free to check. Feel free to check that out and give me a like, subscribe, and uh, then you'll know when I <clears throat> when I when I actually publish something. Fantastic. Justin, how about you? Do you have anything else to plug? Yeah, I've got this amazing show coming up on January 26th at Woodstock and in Brewery that I'm incredibly excited about. Uh, if you are in the Franconia Notch area, you should come out to the show. Uh, I know we do have a few. Listeners, viewers, subscribers up in the Franconia Notch area. Perfect. And you can uh, follow me at shadesjam.com and find my work at justinmarmusic.com. Awesome. That does it for this week's episode of This Is Happening America. Uh, if you want to check out more episodes or uh, get in contact with us, you can at thisishappeningamerica.weebly.com. Or you can find us at facebook.com slash thisishappeningamerica. You can email us at thisishappeningamerica at gmail.com. Or you could tweet us at T-I-H underscore America. And we're also official. We are an official podcast. We're at the iTunes store and on Google Play, so you can check us out there. And please subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.